0: Sometimes we get so focused on the how, on, look, if I can just do all of these things, then I can save X number of dollars. Forgetting that, sometimes getting the right who in place to do those things really can make such a big difference in your world, in being able to actually free you up and free your mind up. I'm Clint Hoops, and this is the unrivaled man. The Unrivaled Man is where we help businessmen like you be the unrivaled leader in their work and home. We're revealing the perspective you've been missing to upgrade your identity and become better husbands, fathers, family men, and business owners. Let's get started. Welcome to The Unrivaled Man podcast. So grateful to have you here today. Excited to introduce my guest, Chris Hammond, today. Chris is the father of three wonderful children. Chris also grew up in Vancouver, Washington, and now lives in Providence, Utah. He's been managing the Cater Shop menswear store in Logan, Utah, since 2010, and will soon be purchasing that business. Chris loves to do ride side-by-sides, loves traveling, loves watching history documentaries, and is also a Seattle Seahawks super fan. Chris, welcome to the Unrivaled Man podcast. Thanks, Clint. It's glad to be here, man. Chris and I have known each other for how many years? I don't know, 2000... Before some of our kids existed, actually. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, 2009 or 10? That sounds about right. Yeah, I... Let's think, I think at that time I had, yeah, I had one or two kids at the time and uh, well, one probably, one. And then, yeah, we had one during that time. Oh my goodness. Crazy how quickly time goes. Chris, like I said, I called up Chris the other day because I've been looking at all the wonderful thing he's been doing with, with the cater shop and other businesses he's been involved in and with his wonderful family. And I just said, man, we just got to have him on the show. So I'm so grateful that he agreed to, to come on the show today.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I was I was stoked when you when you when I got the call. I looked at my phone and said, "Oh my gosh, Clint's calling. We haven't talked forever." And and man, it was just so natural. We talked for gosh, we probably talked for almost an hour. I think so. uh, And it was like and it was just the opportunity to talk about the the podcast. So it was just perfect to uh, connect again. And I'm glad to be here and uh, talk a little bit about
0: what's going on in our lives. Well, Chris, well, as we get started, I'd love to hear a little bit about just kind of your story. Once again, I know some of your story, but our listeners don't. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and your story over the years.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I grew up mainly in Vancouver, Washington. After I graduated high school, my parents had the idea to move back to Logan, Utah. My dad went, uh, lived here through college at Utah State University and planned on becoming a lawyer and worked at this store called the Cater Shop Menswear Store. It's a small little menswear shop downtown Logan, kind of where everyone goes to get their uh, suits, wedding, attire, church missions for the uh, Latter day Saint Church. And he worked there and loved it, but uh, he wanted to become a lawyer. That didn't work out, and he became a uh, field director for most of my life. But in 2004, when I graduated high school, they said, well, we're going to move back to Logan, Utah, and I'm going to buy that menswear store I worked at when I was in my 20s. Literally, the day after I graduated high school, moved to Logan, Utah. My dad worked for the original owners, good friends of ours, for about five years. The original plan was to buy it as soon as he moved there, but that didn't happen. So he worked there for five years, and uh, I went on serve sort of a church mission for our church. I got married. And as my dad was running the shop, he said, well, I, I need a manager. And at that time, I was living down in Orm, Utah with my wife. We'd only been married for about a year. And uh, he said, "Why don't you come, would you come back and manage the store for me and then go to school? And I was going to school for athletic training. Uh, I wanted to become a physical therapist. And so I decided, you know, I could do that for about two years. We'll see when things go. And I actually found out I, that during those two years that I was not cut out to do physical therapy at all. And I was really into marketing and business. That's really what caught my interest. Those were my passions. So after I graduated college, I said, well, I'll stay on and keep working. I really enjoy this. Let's, let's just keep this thing going. That's what got me here. And I, I had sworn that I would never go back into retail. Because when I was in high school, I worked at a clothing store in Portland, Oregon, just right across the river from Vancouver, Washington. And, and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> it's like, you know, as a, as a high school kid, it was like, whatever I could do to make money. But after that, about a, about six months to a year working at that retail store, I was like, I, I will never go into retail again. And what's funny enough is our store location is actually right next door to that original retail chain. <laughs> and now I'm buying a business. Now I'm buying a retail business. So come <laughs> full circle. But uh, yeah, so here we are about uh, my parents own the store. I've managed it for 12 years, and now I'm actually taking over And I think there's a big difference between owning a business and working in a business. So I've learned a lot. But uh, So yeah, that's kind of my journey to get me where I'm at today with what I do as a manager of a menswear store, and I've got three kids and a wife that uh, totally support me and amazing. So that's how I got here. That's how we're here, <laughs> sitting in this chair with the office behind me. You know, this is pretty raw footage of uh, what a menswear store manager's office looks like during peak season, during wedding
0: season, so... I love it. So for anybody listening, if, you, if you're if you watching on YouTube, you can go to the YouTube channel. You can check out and just see that's just right where we're at, right in the thick of it. Like you said, wedding season, that is a busy time, I'm sure, right? I mean, you just have people just left and right, just in and out constantly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I got to go back to your, what you were saying with your story. This is something that piqued my interest. So you said that you were in retail during high school working. Hated it, said, we'll never do this, right? <laughs> never do this. And yet here you are. So I got a question for you. What things did you learn during that time of hating working in retail that have changed how you manage and what you do now in your business? Is there anything that you do now because of that? Yeah, well, I often go back to that and think about those times there. And there
1: was a couple of things. One, I have about 10 employees here and I always kind of think of like, do they feel how I felt back then? And I don't want them to ever feel that way. (laughs) So as a manager, just trying to put myself in my employees' shoes and be like, am I acting or am I treating my employees the same way that I did not like to be treated or enjoy when I was, you know, I was a high school kid. So, I mean, we've maturity level, obviously has changed, you know, so that's something you have to keep in mind is when you're taking care of your employees is, 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 are they in a good environment and a situation that they're enjoying? Are they
0: excited when they wake up in the morning to come to work? So that's a big thing they've had to, you know, I think about that often. Sometimes I think in business because I'm I'm big on culture, right? Making sure that the culture in your company, culture in your business is strong and that it feels good and having being clear on mission statement or values or whatever is important in the business. But when it comes down to it, the measures that I like to use are just like you said, are people excited to come in the morning? And the second one is, would they refer a friend to work there? Those are the things I always think about is the same kind of things. It's like, look, if they enjoy coming each day, of course, they're going to refer a friend because it's a great place to work. And I think in the end, those are some simple measures you can find out if you have a healthy business. It sounds like you're in a similar way. Do people enjoy working here? So, Yeah.
1: And I take pride in that because I ask, you know, when I do quarterly reviews with my employees, I say, well, what do you like? What do you like about your job? And if they feel comfortable, which most of them do, we're like family here. They say, I love the atmosphere. Because right now in the world, you can pretty much go and work anywhere and probably get paid for asking price at most places just because businesses are short on staff, right? So creating a culture where people want and feel belonged and feel valued sometimes overrides the dollar. Not everyone's love language is money. So making my employees feel valued and appreciated and feel like what, what they're doing matters helps retain those employees. What's getting you most excited right now in your business or life? Running this business for 12 years, my hands are all over this business. (laughs) You know, the processes, procedures, the buying, the marketing, we're a small brick and mortar store, one location. So really, I mean, this is a flavor of love. It's a family owned business. Now buying it, it puts a little bit more pressure. It's exciting because it's my name and my money on the line, and I'm not spending someone else's money. <laughs> so that excites me. It's you know, and there's things that I probably will change because so it feels more like who I am and my personality. So just so that is really exciting me, and that's going to be over the next six months. So that, in a business sense, preparing to buy a business is a lot different than working in a business. You, you know, until, until you've gone from manager to owner, like there's a there's a step there. There's a sense of pride and ownership that you take over even more so even over the last 12 years. So for me, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Every day is a challenge here. Our business is booming. A lot of menswear stores are booming right now. Larger brick and mortars are closing. And people are going back to the uh, brick and mortar mom and pop shop locations because they want an experience when they shop. So for us, that's exciting. That's uh, Our businesses, is, is we're, we're flourishing. We're excited about that, that COVID didn't take us out and that we're still relevant and not only relevant but growing so every day is a challenge every day has been fun because uh you're meeting people with weddings and lbs church missions and the guy that's doing his first interview at a new job or just needs to update his wardrobe that kind of stuff so that stuff keeps me on my toes and being able to order and keep our store stocked during a time when the supply chain obviously is broken and a lot of people know that in all industries and then I'm, we're going to Hawaii next week so with my family. So, so uh, you know, on the, on the personal side, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to just uh, maybe take a little bit of a break and enjoying some time with family. So we're, we love to travel. That's something that, that's important to us is getting out and experiencing the world. And so
0: next week is Hawaii for the family. It's so good. Those times with the family make all the difference. And just help you kind of get ground again, just remember what's important in life. And then you come back, and it's it's amazing how much easier it is to come back and, and work hard after having a little time off. So we just came from the mountains just a, a week or so ago. We go up every year with my family. My dad's from uh, Wyoming. And just such a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. And we went up camping, and it's one of the few places where you have no cell phone coverage at all. <laughs> and so no cell phone coverage for days and it's amazing how it just rejuvenates you. So it's a, it's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it. So.
0: Well, I got a question for you. There are others listening. I'm sure that have either work in family businesses or have bought family businesses or are going to buy family businesses in the future. Hope to, are there anything, anything that you've learned or that you're working on doing right now that you would recommend to somebody as you've been working in a family business for years and now, kind of culminating in this in this change of you buying the store. Is there anything that comes to your mind of recommendations? I imagine it hasn't all been just rainbows and sunshine, right? Because sometimes that's a hard thing. Is there anything you'd recommend? Yeah. A family owned business
1: isn't always easy. You know, I am pretty blessed. I'm fortunate enough that my parents who who own this business right now have let me really just run with it. Which for me is it's been a blessing because I'm a personality that uh, I kind of want it my way. <laughs> so I'm fortunate enough that they've given me the reins and said, you know what, just just run with it. As a younger growth mindset, that's been a very positive thing is I've been able to take that in my ideas and, and be able to run the business. So that has been very helpful. For my father and I, the situation we have in our stores, I really take over a lot of the managing and running of the business on the back end. And he is more uh, face-to-face with customers more. So we've been able to define roles to kind of stay out of each other's way. So we still eat dinner on Sundays as a family. We live about 15 minutes away from each other. We still have dinners together as a family, and uh, and we can enjoy those times together. And we don't always have to talk business either, which is nice. I would say just having defined roles and responsibilities, because if you're around the same people 24-7, you grew up with them, they raised you, or or maybe it's a brother or a sister that you're involved with, or maybe it is your actual parents in my case, you know what can tip them off. <laughs> you know they're triggers, right? After all those years of living in the same house. So for us, knowing what our responsibilities and expectations are helps us both be able to use our talents and interests to grow the business, but also stay out of each other's legs so that we don't, we don't offend or, or create drama in the workplace, you know. I don't know if my family would make a very good like reality TV show like the Kardashians or, or like uh, uh was that the, the one that, the the Pawn Stars right in Vegas? There you go. Yeah, you know, there's always drama. There's gotta be drama. That's what sells. That's what sells their viewership, right? But uh, to avoid drama, I think is is one thing I've been fortunate enough to avoid for the most part. So defined roles would be key. They're still family, so at the end of the day, tell them that you love them still.
0: Even if the business fails, you don't ever want your relationship to fail as family, and so there's no cost, right? That's worth it, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's, it's been fun in, in this industry and in the business that I'm in, even our vendors, i talked to them and, and uh, one of our Thai vendors, uh, an awesome Jewish family from Brooklyn. There's like five or six brothers in, in their 60s still doing this. And then they've got a couple of guys my age, you know, in the rising generation coming in. And it's fun to see I asked him, I said, well, do you ever get mad at each other? We go, oh, of course we do, you know, but uh, we're family. So we still got to eat together. And uh, it's cool to see other families, other generations, business partners that we have that have been to our stores as well. I mean, a lot of us, we're still, you know, a little bit old school. There's, this is a multi-generational type of a business a lot of times. you know, And if you don't pass it down to a son or a daughter or someone in the family, usually a lot of these smaller businesses go out of business because there's no one that wants to buy a owner-operator type of business a lot of times. So keeping it in the family and stuff is is kind of important.
0: Sometimes on the show, we'll talk about how important conflict is in business. The right kind of conflict, right? Not the drama part of conflict, but the fact that you have to speak up. If you see something, you have to speak up, right? And that's one of the best ways communication happens is disagreement is a form of communication. And it has to happen. We're not always going to agree. Like you said, you don't always see things the same way as your dad but that doesn't mean that you can't operate within your role. So I, I love what you said about making sure that your roles are clearly defined, and then you can operate clearly within that. You do things that he wouldn't do, but it's within your role, and the business is, is being successful, so you keep going. I think that's great advice. Also, what you said is making sure that over the dinner table, you're not always talking business. And I I think that's an important one, too, I imagine, for many that have family businesses, because you have to have a break from it, a little bit of separation, I would think, or it can get overwhelming because it's already such a big part of your life, right? Right, I mean, when, when you have a small business,
1: I mean, it, it intertwines into everything and it bleeds into your personal life. And that's not easy, and I'm still working on that one, is how do I avoid too much of the business bleeding into personal life? And for me, it's been about processes, it's been about developing systems, um, it's about having the right staff. A lot of times when you're an owner-operator type business, You cut payroll, you clean the toilets, you turn on the lights in the morning, you you know, everything. And I think that's where a a lot of small businesses fail is because they can't learn to delegate responsibility out and it just consumes them. Actually, we have plenty of friends that run small businesses here in our town where we've seen them put in the 14 to 16 hours per day. And they just never learn to delegate responsibility and be able to let someone else take some of those roles on. And so it consumes them. You do you do fourteen hour days for thirty years. You're gonna, you know, you'll hit burnout at
0: some point. Yeah, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when.
1: Yeah, exactly. And start resenting the whole reason you got into business. <laughs> you thought it'd be great to be a business owner until you start doing it,
0: and it consumes you, and then you you lose the passion, the reason of why you even started what, uh, the business to begin with. I love that. Earlier, we were, we were talking a little bit just kind of before the show about a few different things, and there was a book that came to mind. I may have mentioned it on the on the show before, but it's uh, Who, Not How. It's by a man by the name of Dr. Benjamin Hardy, we've mentioned on the show, and Dan Sullivan. I love that book. We were talking about that because it portrays just exactly what you're saying here, just saying that sometimes we get so focused on the how, on, look, if I can just do all of these things then I can save X number of dollars. Forgetting that, sometimes getting the right who in place to do those things really can make such a big difference in your world in being able to actually free you up and free your mind up, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, there is a dollar of value associated with that, at time and a dollar value, right? So as a business owner, you're trying to save the money. and Sometimes your sanity and your mental capacity is more important than the dollar saved. Or putting a value or a dollar amount on what your value is as an owner. Sometimes I think we forget that. We think, well, I'll just get this done because I know how to do it and it's going to take longer to train someone. But what is your time really worth? For me, that's really important. We've gone from having three to five part-time employees. We're up to seven to ten right now. And I was always the guy doing the shipping, the receiving in our store and the tagging and and all that. And I just realized that my time is probably better spent working on the business instead of working in the business. So being able to hire and and train for a while, those the right people take over, and it does cost me money, obviously, but my mental sanity and being home at a decent time with my wife and kids and having dinner and being able to take off some Saturdays is is really important for me. My time is important to me. Being able to delegate properly is one of the key takeaways for me as an owner-manager.
0: It is difficult often to look at that expense as an investment versus an expense, right? Cause when we see it on the financial reports, it is there as an expense, right? If that expense is gone, that much money is go straight to the bottom line, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Like you're saying, right? <laughs> the mind, the ability to think and do those things and expand the business in new ways you would never be able to do without without a little bit of that help in that time. So yeah, we can't take things great places without some help.
1: And the business that we're in too, I mean, as a menswear store, We're a customer service business. We are here to help and serve. It's not you can always go to a grocery store and go to the back aisle and grab milk and you don't really need assistance with that. But when you when a gentleman comes in and needs to be fitted properly for a suit, a dress shirt, it's his daughter's wedding, it's his wedding, it really requires expertise and somebody with some knowledge to to help outfit you properly, right? So being able to have enough staff on a busy Saturday when ten customers walk in and it's not just you running the show, but you want to give every customer a positive, good customer service experience. And that's only going to happen by having the right staff or systems, maybe not even the right staff, maybe having systems of a, a calendaring system by appointment only, but having a system set in place so that you're providing the best customer service experience possible for our customers. And that's For us, That's kind of determines how we have to hire or how we run our businesses. What, what is providing the best customer service experience? Because I don't want that customer in just once, once in a lifetime. I want that customer to come back, three, four, five, six times during their lifetime. and So being able to provide a good quality customer service experience for us, and, and and for us that's in the form of having knowledgeable staff, we'll have them keep coming back over and over again.
0: Well, I you know, I hear all that you have, have going on, and like you're saying, it sounds like you try to be open to provide good customer service, so you're open when, you're, when your people have time. So it sounds like you're open on Saturdays and things as well. My question for you is, how have you over the years been able to manage – having children, a wife, family, doing the fun things you want to do and being with your family and also having the business. How has that happened? We talked about those people that are working 14 plus hour days. It sounds like you've done that before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've done that before.
1: I've said it over and over again during this podcast, but When you see growth in your business, you start realizing maybe what you were doing a year or two ago doesn't work anymore. It worked then, but the systems in place then aren't working now because of the growth. Right now, for us, it's having having knowledgeable staff. And sometimes there's bumps and bruises along the way to make sure they know what they're doing correctly, right? But proper training, frequent training, frequent follow-up. There's money in in the follow-up. That's something I've learned is there's money in the follow-up. And so being able to train properly and follow-up with customers and employees... Is where you're going to see you know, you're going to see your growth. And so, when you get systems in place for us, a proper work schedule with qualified staff to be here, that's when the machine's running really well, <laughs> and it allows you to take the time off. There's a lot of people that can't take their time, not take that time off because they're a single owner operator situation. But I guess you determine what you enjoy. You know, for me, I value time and travel. How can I run a business that's open six days a week, nine ten hours a day? And still be able to fulfill the things that are important to me. And it's just having the proper systems in place to fail-safe systems. And making myself duplicatable and replaceable is really important for me. Because I can't be the only person that knows how to do the things that we do in our business. Because if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, that business will fail. So, setting systems in place that allow the business to continue to run even if I'm not here
0: is important to me. That's a huge takeaway, I think, is for everyone listening to do the same thing. Whether you own the business or whether you are a manager over a department, whatever it is, making sure that everyone is in their right place, right? Doing the things they're best at. And like you're saying, if you get hit by a bus, (laughs) you know, you hope that doesn't happen. But if you do, everything doesn't fall apart, right? Because you as the leader have it together. I love that. Such good words of wisdom. I love it. One other thing I, I just wanted to ask is, as you, you know, you have your kids growing up. Are any of them interested in the store? Do they ever come by and visit you and get excited about things? Totally. Six-year-olds, they love uh, So, my,
1: so <laughs> I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. So we are in a season of life that keeps us busy as parents, right? Yeah, no, they stop by the store uh, weekly. Even at this young age, you know, we have a shoe shine chair, so dad will get up on the shoe shine chair and the kids will attempt to shine my shoes and I'll give them a tip. But uh, I think it's important for me, it's important to instill still in my kids the ability to work. And who knows? If they want to work here when they're older, great. If it's something they're not into, that's fine. But they'll have their chance to uh, clean and put away tuxedo rental shoes at some point, I'm sure, uh, as they get older. But yeah, I mean, there's, having kids involved in a business, at least for me, is it's important. And that's something that I learned from my dad is he gave me the opportunity to take his business and,
0: and try to grow it. Well, Chris, as we come to a a close on the podcast, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and for sharing so much of your story and let us get a a glimpse into your life and your business. I'm sure there are others that are in a similar situation where they're either taking over a business or looking at buying a business, a family business, and so many of the things that you shared can make such a big difference to them and to, to anyone that runs a team. So thank you for being on today.
1: No, it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad that you you reached out to me. I love talking shop, man. So
0: anytime, anytime we can talk about uh, business, I love it. Something I really enjoy. Well, this is fun stuff. Well, I, like I said, I need to come back up and get another, some more suits. It's been, it's been a few years since I've been up there and got some suits from you guys. So I got to come back on up and and check it out. So this would be fun. So where can people connect with you, Chris? If people want to connect with you and they want to learn more about you or the cater shop or any of those things, where should they track you down?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. So uh, I'd probably say the best place because uh, would be to just go to CaterShop.com. And Cater's with a K, by the way. CaterShop.com. and Just click on the contact us. That goes straight to me. Yeah, I'd love for you. If people want to reach out, talk shop, uh, have questions, love to
0: talk with people and help them in their mindset or growth experience or, or whatever. Well, thank you, Chris. So CaterShop.com to find Chris. I'm going to go ahead and put that link in the show notes if you want to track him down or if you need a great suit. Well, Chris, thank you so much once again, and uh, hope to have you on the show again someday. Yeah, thanks, Clay. It's great. It's great to be here. Take care. Thank you for all of you who have listened today to the Unrivaled Man podcast. Now is your time to go and be the unrivaled man in your life. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Unrivaled Man podcast. I'm Clint Hoops, and if this show has impacted you, please share it with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts.